0: hello darlene welcome to the confidence Mastery podcast thank you for joining us i'm very 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 excited to be speaking with you today
1: thank you so much for having me natalie thank you i love the way you say my name Uh, am i pronouncing it incorrectly yeah absolutely absolutely right but uh, in, in an american accent i just love the way it sounds it's a Jersey accent too. So you have the best of both worlds. It's not just, it's not just the US, it's Jersey. So
0: You do have a great accent. Um, but thank you very much for joining us. I'm just going to hand over to you and just ask you to introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners. Um, and then we're going to really dig in. I'm really excited for this episode. So.
1: Yeah. So I'm Darlene Perdue. Um, I am the founder of DP Consults, which is a company that specifically works with um, smaller entrepreneurs as well as consultants who are really stuck. They built a great business, they have an amazing offering, but they do not have the confidence or the processes in place to be able to sell their services. So I come in on a consultant basis and give them all the tools needed to equip them to continue to grow. What got you into this? I've been in sales for most of my life. I say over 25 years, it's, a lot over 25 years. <laughs> um, <they're> cold enough. <laughs> thank you. But um so I've always been in sales and I've always done it intuitively with the type of selling that I've done regardless of what industry or anything like that. In the past several years I have worked um as a director of business development for a virtual assistant company and my main target is entrepreneurs, business coaches, small businesses and When I was consulting with them, that's the type of approach I take for virtual assistants. I kept seeing over and over again, this same need where they really just couldn't get over themselves Mm -hmm. to be able to put their best foot forward and get the right clients in. So I simultaneously started DP consults as a passion project to be able to serve amazing clients, equip them, and be their cheerleader, I love it.
0: It's it's a different world, I think, when you do it from a different a different perspective. Like there can be really horrible, pushy, desperate sales, but I think from what I know of you, yours, you take a very different view, and like you use the word empathetically, um, and, well, selling with empathy. When I was re- like reading into you, um.
1: Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So, you know, the word empathetic sales, it's almost like an oxymoron, right? For most people, they think sales, you have to be aggressive and pushy. And there's a lot of coaches and books written and different things like that saying, you know, you have to create a pain point, you have to create fear and all of those different things. That never resonated with me. I don't like to be sold that way. And I don't care if somebody has something that I desperately need. If they come across that way, that's the last thing that I want. So what I do is I really take a consultation type of approach where I'm going to listen to what that person needs, actively hear them, and really make a difference in their life, whether or not they buy from me or refer somebody to me, or just walk away with more information. Mm -hmm. So that takes the pressure off of them. It takes the pressure off of me. I meet them where they are. And my goal is to give them the best solution for them, regardless of what that looks like.
0: I love that. I'm, I'm very similar. I'm not a pushy salesperson at all. Like I'll have a conversation with somebody to see if it's right for them and then like if it is great if it's not then maybe i know somebody that is better suited and a better fit so i think when you do take that pressure off you're able to
1: create a better like relationship with that person while you're talking to them too would you agree absolutely because then you you know You have to build that relationship. And the first piece is trust. Mm -hmm. So when people put their guard down and know that you're not just looking to convince them. Now, I will say, I do have clients that I I have to push a little bit because they, they need the service. They're going to get a great benefit from the service, but they just have a lot of fear. But that's where you have to really have those conversations and build the trust. This way you can speak into that and say, you know what? I know this is going to be the right solution for you you are in your own way because of X Y and Z and have those courageous conversations to be candid with them
0: where do you find the confidence to be that not direct I suppose that's the wrong word but to to be able to have that conversation to say I know this is what you need I know you're going to get this benefit
1: why what's what are you you know why are you getting in your own way so I think, you know, first and foremost, you have to know the service that you're offering. You have to know the value. And, and I think I've heard um, you speak about this, about knowing your worth and how to really project that. So I think when you know that you really have a good solution for someone, then all you're doing is sharing it, right? You're not, you don't have to see sell it in the you know regular sense of selling. You could just share what you do. And if you're passionate about it, that comes across. So if I know I have something that's really gonna help someone, I'm really passionate about helping people. Yeah. Or again, if it's not the right solution, I have a huge network of incredible people that I can pass them off to. So I think it's just a matter of knowing your worth and really knowing that you're entering it with the intent of giving the best solution to that person mm-hmm. and that comes across authentic and also relational as opposed to pushy yeah
0: there's a big thing like in in britain people can be quite prudish and, and like there's a big thing like anti-sales and they don't want to be seen as the pushy salesperson. and i think that's why people back away and then lack confidence, one, in, in selling themselves, but two, in what other people are selling. Because then they they think, or sometimes they think or feel that what the person is, is selling may not necessarily be coming from a place of service, but from a place of give me your money. Yes. How do we break down those rules <laughs> for people to understand that it is actually, you know, when you find the right people anyway, it's, it's, it's of a benefit.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned this before we started recording about, you know, people in England, you know, being hesitant and being British and that type of thing. And I think, you know, while it is a different culture in America, we still shy away from nobody wants to be looked at as that salesperson. on one hand, but on the other hand, the whole sales industry is saying like, close, close, close. I could sell ice to Eskimos and and different things like that, which is just so um, counterproductive. So I think it's a matter of really, you know, looking at it through a different lens and removing, especially for consultants, Mm -hmm. remove that word sales out of it. I call them discovery calls because that's exactly what it is. I'm discovering about you. You're discovering about what I have to offer. And let's just have a conversation. People, you know, when you take your guard down and not put the pressure on yourself to say this is a sales call and you just authentically start sharing about why you created. I mean, entrepreneurs are the most passionate people, right? Mm -hmm. Um if they just authentically share not everybody it's not the same script it's really just sharing the why why mm-hmm. did you start this business who are you helping you know those things are going to resonate with somebody to see themselves in those clients share client success stories um share failures too how you've Really changed your your offerings to really, you know, work with the people that you have seen the need and why you created the niche and everything like that. So I think it's just a more of switching, um, flipping the switch in your head mm-hmm. to say this isn't sales, this is a conversation, it's a discovery call.
0: We have discovery calls too, and I think they're a very powerful tool because it's it is just you getting to know the other person. And what tips could you give to people for, well, having the confidence to start the discovery call process? Because I know that a lot of people they they even worry about that.
1: Yeah, I would say know know your product, know your service inside and out, know the high level. A lot of people get stuck in the minutiae and they go too deep too quickly without really just painting that broad stroke practice have those calls with different friends and have them the more you say it the more comfortable you get with it Mm -hmm. so while it may seem hokey to role play or you know to have a friend listen it becomes more natural the more you say it the more natural it becomes and then you'll start seeing where it feels more comfortable Or you can get feedback and have friends that are going to give you honest feedback and not just Say you sound great, right? And say, you know what, that didn't that didn't make sense, or you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also having somebody on the outside listen to those calls are important because of the fact that sometimes within industries, you have your own acronyms, vernaculars, different things like that that make complete sense to you. You start sharing with somebody that knows nothing about your world and they're lost and they may be intimidated to ask you what that even means. And now there's a display connect right off the bat mm-hmm. so making it not so high level where somebody can't connect with you and not having it where it's a script where you have it memorized and you're just waiting to get your answer you know you're your yeah. without listening to what somebody's saying yeah. um I would also say I do Zoom calls. I think Zoom calls are powerful. I mean, obviously, if it's in person, that's something else. But in our world, you know, everything is Zoom right now. Yeah, Seeing somebody's mannerisms, seeing their expressions, you know when you're losing someone you know, when they start to have that fear where they tighten up, they can see you. I, I do believe that people can sense when you're genuine, when you're making eye contact and really connecting with them. So that's another um, tip that I, I think is so important. There's a time and a place where you may have to get on a call for a follow-up or just give them a phone call or an email, but that initial personal connection, there's nothing better. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, As I said, you earlier we had um a lunch today for one of our memberships
0: and that was one of the things that was said it was great like zoom's great but then when you meet in person it's a totally different thing and i I think that's totally different a different realm in terms of sales and like you say our world is very much on zoom and which i think is fantastic because it allows you to do so many things and speak to people like and help people all over the world um and I think that the more confidence we can have in putting ourselves and our faces on camera, and and even watching those calls back, calling them, asking the other person, "Do you mind if I record this for myself?" Yeah, and um, or, or for you, it's for you, I tell them. <laughs> it's <for> them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can watch it back and and get that feedback for yourself as well.
1: Yes. So. I 100% agree with that. Although I never watch myself because as confident as I am with everything, I would micro, I would overanalyze it. And I think it would inhibit me in future sales calls or podcasts or anything like that. I just don't watch them. Um, But I've heard from so many people that that is the way to get better. I just don't personally do it. (laughs) It's fair enough. Um I I
0: make I I make my mastermind people watch their stuff back. Yeah. And and like because honestly, that really is the best the the best way you can look at if you're wanting to be on video, do public speaking, especially that side of it, I think you you must. Um and like I say, get but excuse me, like you say about getting that feedback, but from other people that aren't that aren't your ideal clients, and we'll come back to my ideal clients in just a moment because that's an important subject. Um, mm. And that's actually given me an idea for my mastermind tomorrow. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody's going to be like, "Oh no, now no. <laughs> I know." Just blame me. <laughs> oh, I will. Well, I think too. Another good tip is to do your homework. Know who you're speaking to. Do your research. Don't just get on a call and have your script in your mind and really customize it to who you're looking, you know, to who you're talking to. Um, Go on their LinkedIn, go on their website, do your due diligence this way. You know, there's a lot all, you know, about me page is great. Right. And when people know you took that extra step to see that they had a dog or they like to hike or whatever it may be, it makes them think you care and you do right like you you're you're really being intentional about having that conversation and it's not just a one size fits all
0: oh definitely i love that tip cuz you should not go in blind
1: No, no <laughs> you know know your stuff enough that if you had to go in blind you can but it's not a good practice right
0: no, definitely and not if i
1: do have to go in blind you know, sometimes it's last minute scheduling or something like that. I'm upfront, like, hey, Natalie, you know what? I, I didn't even have a chance to look at your website. I'm so sorry, but I'm glad we hopped on the call. So yeah. enter it, don't act like you know everything if you didn't do your due diligence.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point, actually. Don't don't lie about it because people yeah. then to tell that a mile off, won't they?
1: Yes, yeah. And then you're getting off without with that, you know, without building that trust. Yeah. And
0: that's the one of the most important things is trust in any relationship, just to, you know, it cements everything. Um, I know I really like that that tip. Thank you. Um so talk to us about because I, I I wanted to cover this because this is really important, the idle client. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to to niche down because they think that well. Yes, we can help everybody, but we can't help everybody. Yeah. So, what are your tips on helping people to get over that that fear of they'll they'll be missing people? Because that's that's the thing that I always get people come back to me with, like, "Oh, but people, I'll, I'll miss people."
1: Yeah. So, yes, you probably will miss people, but those people are probably not your best clients. And if you're bringing in wrong clients, you have to look at, you know, a lot of times sales are looked at as the front end of it, right? You have to look at the end result. What, how is that person going to be served? Are they going to be happy with the service? You're not just churning people just to get somebody in the door. Now, there's companies out there that do that. But if you genuinely care and you really have a good, service to offer bringing in the right person that you know you can help well is going to be wonderful because all you need is one now everybody has bad clients or something that didn't work out and you have to make that right and that's a whole nother discussion but if you're consistently bringing in the wrong people and just churning through those people are not going to be recommending you in fact if your name or service is brought up they're going to be like oh I I had a bad experience or it didn't work. But if you bring in the right clients, when they're served well, those are like your most loyal evangelists out there. They just sing your praises. They want to help. I mean, at Peachtree VA, where I'm the director of business development, most of my clients are referrals. And I have people that were not the right fit for peach tree. But because I had that really honest conversation and gave them support elsewhere, they are sending clients my way because they're like, okay, it's not right for me, but I know somebody who it's right. for. So I think, I think fear has a lot to do with that big net, right? I just, I don't want to miss out on anything, but really, like you said, niching down is so much more powerful and it's bringing in the right people and you're having the right conversations and you're building a solid business versus just in and out.
0: I would agree with that. And I like what you said there as well about um, if they've said it's not right for me, but they've been, they've referred other people to you. Um, And earlier you also said that, you know, you might know somebody else that is a good fit for and funnily enough, I had a conversation with somebody else today about they they were talking about the podcast. And in his industry, there's a lot of like cattiness and competition. And he feels like if he was to interview people, he would be basically interviewing his competitors. So he was like, how do I get over that in my head? Mm-hmm. I, had a little, I had a little coaching session with him about it, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that.
1: I think, like probably earlier in my career, I might have been more insecure about "quote unquote" competition, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, with with time and age, I realized like when you look at "quote unquote" competition as people that you can collaborate with, mm-hmm. it is game-changing so you know a lot of times especially with coaches right there's a million out there so you can't if you looked at everything everyone as competition versus collaboration um you know you would just be on the defensive all the time Mm. I've learned so much from other people that are in the like in similar spaces as me and we all do things a little bit differently. So again, if I'm not the right person, what better thing than to say, you know, here's a couple of resources that you may want to check out. Um with the virtual assistant world, there's a million virtual assistant companies out there and I could say, you know what? Like sometimes price is a factor you know instead of saying like oh no you you're going to fail if you don't get this you know service yeah. you can say you know what like i know you're not ready now but here's some solid ones they're not everything they don't do everything that we do but it might be a good solid start for you today so um you know reaching out to those people and seeing what is a good referral look like what makes your service different than mine um what are good, you know, what are good networking events or different things like that, that you can kind of be on the same side? There's enough business out there. That's a good point, actually. There
0: is enough business out there for for everybody. And just seeing everybody as competition is always just going to hold you back. And, yeah. like, you know, we as entrepreneurs and business people, like, we want to move forward. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, and I Otherwise, think when you operate with a generous mindset, yeah, versus scarcity, it it is game changing. And I've seen you know people that are in like even clients that I've referred to my competition for one reason or another, if they weren't a good fit or prospects, not clients. And it's almost like they're like, wait, what, you know? And again, that's your credibility and it's not fake and it's not phony. It's authentic. You're really trying to help those people. And if there's nuances of somebody else, that's going to be a better fit. That is where it makes the most sense to refer them. Yeah. Because you, you want you, we
0: obviously all want the best clients for for ourselves, yes. and also for other people to have the best clients for them. Yes, and I'm very precious about who comes into our mastermind group because of the community and what we've cultivated there is is beautiful, and people are comfortable and they become friends and they, you know, even clients of each other. They work together, and they support each other. So if you have one bad egg, yeah. It, you know so you have to make sure that they are the right fit and if they're not I'm happy to recommend another place because I. it still doesn't it doesn't mean I want that other person to you know not succeed it's Correct. just you're not a right fit for this yes Um. so
1: I guess that would be having the confidence to say no yeah as well yes 100% I think it's um it's a matter of staying true to back to the, the client who's going to make the most sense for you, knowing how you, who you can serve best, yes. and also timing is everything. So with my consulting business, I handpick one or two clients a month to work with. That's it. Because I do have a full-time job, which with peachtree va Mm -hmm. so i like i said that's a passion project of mine i handpick people so sometimes it's a really good fit and i'm so tempted to say oh yes i have to just say you know what i can't work with you until april Mm -hmm. if you can't wait that long let me get you in touch with someone else who could possibly help you because i don't want to be like oh you have to wait three months to work with me, but there's no one else out there that can help you. That's really not the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit different. At least, at least you're giving them options to say, okay, if they talk to them and they're like, no, I'd rather wait. Fantastic. Yeah. But, um, and also not overcommitting because as entrepreneurs, we like to overcommit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you don't provide a good enough service. Yeah. You Yes. You want to make sure it's it's great to get people in the door, but you want to make sure the other half of it where they're being serviced, where they're being nurtured, where they're being, you know, maintained as a client is matching your sales effort and there's times when you need to put the brakes on and not yeah. bring in new clients. And there's times when you want to be more active. So knowing that balance and really keeping up with the client experience from the second you speak to them to the second they leave your services is super important.
0: Yeah.
1: Would you say that
0: there's a need for some balance with personal versus business?
1: Oh, goodness. I'm probably not the best um <laughs> at doing this.
0: Yeah.
1: Did your light fall?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, we love a bit of improv.
1: Yes. Um I would say like so there are so many people out there preaching work life balance and and different things like that mm. which I do agree with but I think for me it's work life integration. Yeah. And If I don't check my email, I don't just turn off my phone and I don't check it because I have clients that need something or whatever. It gives me more peace of mind to be present if I check it quick and know, okay, there's no fires to be put out and different things like that. So I think it's just a matter of really finding that right rhythm for you and making sure that you do set aside time to be unplugged. And if that means just a couple of hours, that's fine. It doesn't have there's no rhyme, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain amount of time. There's no everybody's like, oh, you have to take a two week vacation, just completely unplug, recharge. You know, there's time management and there's energy management for me. When I talk to a client and I know I'm helping them, my and I could do that all day long, right? That just fuels me. And I know I'm it's probably the same for you. So that's so gratifying, and to me, when I have those conversations, I'm a better human in my personal life, right?
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with that, and especially when you see them having success and you know you've overcome a problem together. That that to me just it fills me with joy. So then I'm like, oh, I'm not like.
1: Yes, exactly. Like I I say I love, I also love the underdog stories. I love seeing someone that I know I can help mm. and then getting that success. There is nothing more rewarding than really helping someone and um just just giving them a helping hand and seeing them overcome those challenges.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um I'm gonna ask a couple of personal questions if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> um, because part of your story and what's going on in your life resonated with me a lot because I've had um, like similar, Um, obviously you've got a business to run and you've had a poor experience with your husband's health, how has it been like for you having to deal with that and still run your business?
1: Yeah, so um, just so the listeners know, in 2021, we were actually in the midst of selling our home in Georgia and moving to Florida. And my husband went into the hospital with chest pains and needed a triple bypass. When he was under anesthesia, he had several strokes. So We were, I was still in the midst of selling the house. I couldn't get out of it. I had to back out of the house in Florida, throw everything into storage and rent an apartment. Um, I brought him home and it hit him cognitively. So my husband was an accountant and a day trader. Mm. And when he came home from the hospital, he would not even know how to alphabetize apple, banana, carrot. Like, Mm. It was horrible. So I took, I was at a different company. I took FMLA, put everything in a screeching halt. And I was determined to help him get better. Yeah. And thank God. Um, I, I always say like, I am a woman of faith. So between prayer and a morbid sense of humor, we got through it. Right, <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. Um, it, it, it's just imperative. So, um, so back to that work-life balance. There couldn't be work-life balance. Yeah. I had to put everything to a screeching halt and just take care of him. So for three months, that's what I did, and then I went back to work and still cared for him. Thank God. Today he is so much better. He's not a hundred percent. He's still struggling with his speech and some cognitive issues and different things like that, but it's, it's much different. So I, it's such a, it's such a (laughs) a long story, but I was also, when I decided to, that it was a good move to go down to Florida. I was, I was told I could resign from my other company because I was moving out of Georgia, Mm -hmm. which was devastating at the time, but Again, after when you almost lose someone, you have to put the priorities in, you know, and just take the next right step. Um, Thankfully, um, Peachtree BA was looking for business development at the time. All the stars aligned. I was in the process of starting my own business. I had to put that on hold. And I really, you know, I had everything ready to go, and I just couldn't do it. So fast forward, um, now things have settled down. And now I really want to, you know, that's why I started back up with the consulting and different things like that. So it has been, it has been quite the journey. And I will say that you have to just give yourself grace because you can't do it all. And there's going to be, everybody has challenges. And um, I think perspective Mm -hmm is a lot of it, right? So we are blessed every single day that he is here. So the other stuff, you can let go of And I'm like type A personality and all of that type of stuff. And, And I had to let go of so much and change my expectations. But also it was very important not to feel sorry for myself and to just take the next right step. I didn't know what that was gonna look like. But I just kept taking the next right step.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, such a powerful story. You have to go through so much there. Um, my nan had a stroke and it's hard to to have, you know, to, to watch and to be and then see them struggle. So I'm really glad that your husband's been able to, to come through the other, to almost the other side. Um, yeah. And things are so much better for you. It, you know, it gives you and shows you that there is still light in the world.
1: There is, and I will say this because I think this is very powerful. When we first went to the neurologist and he was like, "Mm, this is it. Like you're, I don't, I don't think he's going to get any better. And at that point he was horrible. So what I would say is I was encouraged if anybody needs to hear this, do not go with your gut, do not accept what one doctor says. And, you know, I joked with my husband, we're married over 31 years. I was like, it's finally paying off that you married a crazy Italian because I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm going to keep pushing. So we found the right doctors. I am like the queen of holistic research and everything like that and gave them tons of supplements. And we actually have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, like the, the works and So while people say, oh, whatever you're going to recover with a stroke is going to be in the first year, he is almost two years out. And every day I see improvements. So don't let somebody put limitations on your healing on what nobody has the final say, but God of what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's incredible what can be achieved with the right mindset as well, isn't it? You've gone, I'm not accepting that. So I'm I'm gonna find a new solution. And that's very powerful and says a lot about you as an individual, but also your relationship with your husband. Yeah. Which
1: is nice. I call him my Frankenstein because now I get to to experiment with him all the (laughs) time and he was never like, he would never take any of my supplements or anything like that, but now he doesn't have a choice. So, you know, um, and we, and like I said, we do have, we have a lot of fun doing it's crazy, but some, some of the worst times we look back and you just have to laugh because you're like, what on earth, (laughs) what on earth happened?
0: Think oh, you never appreciate it at the time, but all of the shit stuff makes you like stronger and more appreciative later on. But obviously, in the moment, you're like, what, what on earth is happening?
1: Yes, exactly. But you're absolutely right. Looking back, you can say, if I can go through that, what like, and I think part of, you know, owning a business and different things like, you know, putting yourself out there, who cares? Right? It's just, mm-hmm business you're dealing with other humans and if they're judging you so harshly they're not your right client they're not the right people you need to connect with shake it off move it on and you're going to find the right people to in your network because you're the people that are in your network make
0: a massive difference don't they yes yes for sure So I've always found, I've always said, not probably always, um, when I was a child, I've probably said many things about people. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, if You've got radiators and drains, you know, the people that warm you up and light you up and lift and inspire you, and then the people that just take away. So yes. if you can find the radiators and, you know, get rid of the drains, although actually well, we probably need them. <laughs> well, we do. because. <laughs>
1: There's something to be learned from every interaction, right? Even those people that are negative, even those drains, I love that analogy, you can still learn about it. And, you know, also, you know how you don't want to be right. Mm -hmm. And even through this whole journey with my husband, the people that showed up just blew my mind of people I might not even been close to just went above and beyond and that's nice. You know, it's it's really touching, but then you know those tiny little things made such a difference. How much of a difference can we make in other people's lives just by taking a minute and being intentional? You never know what somebody's going through. You mm-hmm. never know yeah. how they're struggling or life is just hard. Even if you're not going through a major life trauma, life mm-hmm. just is hard. Yeah. So, you could you know, plant that seed. Like you said, be a radiator. You know, even if you're not getting it from them, you just never know. That's
0: very true. So you clearly have a very strong mindset yourself. Yes. Um, which what what has has it taken to cultivate this for yourself?
1: Well, I I will say part of it is age, right? <laughs> so part of it is age because you get to a point where you're like, "F it, I don't care." <laughs> I'm old. What do I have to care about? So, you know, there's something, there's something freeing about letting go of other people's expectations. And I wish I can say I do it right all the time. I don't, I'm my own worst critic and I'm really hard on myself, harder than I am on other people. Um, but I will say that I have a reset. Just because you feel that way doesn't mean you have to keep operating that way. And even if you have to reset every day and say, this is how I'm going to you know, be, I'm going to operate, giving myself grace and do the best I can and let go of the rest. If it has to be 10 times a day, just do it. Don't get caught in the trap that you, just because you, what you were like at 25, 35, that you have to continue. I'm learning stuff every day. And a lot of times I'm learning stuff from people a lot younger than me. And I love it.
0: I love that too. And I, I'm i definitely not the person I was 10 years ago. And <laughs> I'm glad of that. But I'm glad of the experiences that I've had to bring me up to this point. And I, I believe that, you know, being open to learning and being around people, we can learn something from every interaction. Mm-hmm. And whether it's good or bad you know, we've spoken about the good things that people should do in terms of, you know, talking to their ideal clients, seeing selling as not selling so much, having a conversation. I love that. What should people not do?
1: I, I think, you know, I think we touched upon it. If you're casting that net and trying to be everything for everybody, Mm. that is, going to be result in failure, especially, you know, not staying true to who you are or what you think, taking everybody's advice. Now I'm in a mastermind. I value the people that I'm in the mastermind with. I know you have masterminds and they are so important, mm-hmm. but also if it doesn't resonate with you, I, it could be working for someone else and be fantastic if it doesn't resonate with you, it's, it might not be for you. There's not, you know, there's not one, if it was an easy, simple one, two, three step to follow, that would be easy, but everybody has an opinion. So listen, you know, listen to others, listen to people who are wise, like you said, stay around the radiators or radiators or, (laughs) and, uh, you know, stay away from the drains, but don't try to morph into the expectations of others because even if you're successful doing it, you're not going to be happy.
0: That's a very good point. And we teach health, wealth, and happiness. And, you know, you'll know this yourself, like like life's too short to be miserable. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you do for fun?
1: Yeah. So we, um, we like to explore. Um, I we just moved down to Florida last year and we like to explore. There's a lot of beautiful natural springs and and nature parks and different things like that we like to do. Our daughter is grown. She lives about a half an hour away. Um, so we get to see her. She's engaged. So we're wedding planning and she has a rescue pup that we babysit for and um okay. so you know, just a lot of a lot of family things simple things but um you know we went to a concert an outdoor concert that was a Billy Joel Elton John cover band and uh, last week and when I was sitting there with my husband like I was overwhelmed with gratitude because really a year before we could not have done that I wouldn't even thought about doing that so again it brings that perspective of just enjoying the little things
0: I I totally agree and having that you know that gratitude even if it's being grateful that the sun's out one day or yes. actually if it's raining the plants need watering so <laughs> there's a positive defined find in in everything and I'm really glad that you've been able to have those happy memories and you know family time and congratulations for your daughter getting married that's nice thank
1: you thank <laughs> you it's yes all things that I feel very blessed with
0: yeah so if you could give people one top tip for their self-confidence, what would it be?
1: I would say, you know, back to know your worth, share your story. That's more than one tip, but know, <laughs>
0: you know your can
1: worth, have more than one. <laughs> know your worth, share your story authentically, and don't be result oriented, just just share. And whatever the outcome is, it's going to be the right outcome.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I've been talking a lot about that recently um, as well, because if it's meant to be, it will be. And if you try to force something, then it, it's just not the right fit. It's like trying to put the, the wrong puzzle piece in the jigsaw and it just doesn't work. Yeah. So if you can take that step back and look at the whole picture, you'll see where it goes. Yes. That's a new one for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, yes, you're right. It's that perspective, right? Taking that step back. Mm. Also, I just want to say to put systems in place to follow up because I am not this person who just has an easy conversation and like drifts away, right? Yeah. Have your systems in place so you can be intentional, follow up because what's not r- right for somebody today? may be right for them six months from now. You do want to stay in forefront, not to be a bother or pest. And that, I think, again, back to coaches, they feel like they're interfering or, well, they said no, but it might be a not now. Mm -hmm. So every time you touch, like have a touch point give them something of value give them a tip give them something to keep you in the forefront again whether it's a referral or whether it is something in the future don't just have that one conversation and if they say no let it go because yes. of- I just literally had somebody call me that I spoke to three years ago and she was like, all right, Darlene, I'm ready to go. I'm like, I'm in a new company. And she's like, I don't care. I'm, I, you know, she just wanted to buy from me. Yeah. She Amazing. knew she trust me. And this just happened last week and it was out of the blue and she just still had my number. So make sure you just keep in contact and, and have those follow-ups. That's a
0: really, really good point. Cause like you say that it not it's not a no, it's a not right now, often. Yes. Um, What what ways would you recommend that people have these systems in place? Because we all know what entrepreneurs are like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that that's part of my coaching is I kind of look at like what makes sense. It's individual for everyone, but you know, if you have some kind of CRM. Or, you know, even even if you have a spreadsheet, I don't care what it is because just depending on where you are or what you're selling or whatever, but have intentional marks. Like when you speak to somebody, if, you know, what is your follow-up? Have your materials ready that, there's different buyers out there. Some people can verbally process it with you and they'll be ready to go. Others need to read your material and really look through things. So have The materials ready to send them. And then, if you do get a no, you know, kind of find out why. Like, is it something, you know, maybe Q2 will touch base and then have a touch point. Put it in your calendar. I Mm. talk to so many people. Thankfully, I have a CRM that I use, um, but I talk to so many people. So, even if I speak to you in two months, I've spoken to so many people, I may not remember to follow up with you. So, You know, and if then they're like, you know what, I'm not ready now, I'll put them in just a nurturing campaign where maybe once every six weeks they'll get an email from me with, again, some kind of value, a tip, a trick, whatever it may be. And, um, being first and foremost in their mind, um, if they're having a life event or something like that, and they're like, Hey, I can't, you know, I'm having a baby next month and I can't even think about getting, you know, into your program. Well, make that note. And then this way, you know, in a few months, hope everything's going well with the baby because it shows that you are intentional and that you care. Yeah. And that you've listened to them. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Nobody likes just a straight canned email all the time.
0: It does make a difference, and people like to know that you care and that you've remembered. It makes them feel special. People want to feel special, don't they?
1: Yes, yes. In a world of technology and automation, relationships are so craved that people caring and and going just slightly above and beyond makes such an impact on
0: people. Mm -hmm. Oh, huge, huge difference. I'm like that with birthdays. So I I need to know when all of my clients' birthdays are, (laughs) because without that, you know, it's your day of birth. Without that day, you wouldn't be here. And I think they're special and important. So I always make a bit of a fuss for people's birthdays.
1: I love that. I love that. I'm the meme queen. So I send some of my clients or prospects, like if I connect with them, I send them funny memes. I I think they're hysterical and, you know, um, and I love that. It just lightens it up a little bit.
0: Yeah. We, in my Facebook group, we have what we call shit joke Friday, where (laughs) it's basically a free for all post all the memes you've got in your phone.
1: (laughs) Oh my, you, yeah, I would probably take up a lot. Um, that, is, that is my love language, memes and sarcasm. And the, those are my love languages. Amazing! <laughs> you said you're from New Jersey. What's it like in New Jersey? Yeah, so I was in um, Bergen County, which is, right over from New York city. So, um, it was like, it's a suburb, you know, we lived in the suburbs and I was from a small town and it, you know, half the people were my cousins, the other half were friends. Right. So, <laughs> so um, and it was, it was Lodi. So my husband jokes that it stood for land of dumb Italians. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but so I grew up there and I went to college in New York. I was actually in the fashion industry for many years. Mm -hmm. Um, and we lived there until after nine 11 happened, we just decided, you know, our daughter was small. She was two years. We just decided we wanted a different, like lower key lifestyle that's why we moved to georgia we had friends there and and we moved down there and raised our daughter so um but it was that. it's unique right like it was a big culture shock going from new jersey to georgia because georgia is um a much slower pace you know i don't i don't know if you know anyone from the south of you know in the united states but it's a much slower pace yeah. they're more relaxed you know everybody Nobody curses and.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I struggle with.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, me too. I'm being good because we're being recorded. Um, But like, bless her heart, you know, so it was a little bit, it was a little bit different because like at least in New Jersey though, like if somebody doesn't like you, you know it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's a fair point.
1: So you know it, which, you know, is good and bad, but like in the South, I just, I felt like I couldn't wrap my head around like why are they being so nice? Why am I getting this weird vibe from them? And uh but you know then you, but I've met some of my best friends there and it's, you know, it was it was wonderful and uh, and now we're we're in Florida making new friends and and new adventures here in the past year.
0: I love that you're you're doing that. Like I love to travel. I moved to Mallorca in 2011. And that again, that was a culture shock. And then in twenty, well, twenty twenty, I thought because obviously the world had gone crazy, and yeah. um, and I didn't agree with some things. I thought oh, I'll go to I'll go to Barbados. Yeah. Oh, and island time there is even worse than island time in Mallorca. In Mallorca, it's manana, manana, manana. Yeah. Okay. Well, you try that in in Barbados, like. It's, Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm from London and you can order something from Amazon and it can arrive the next day or the same day. Yeah. I waited like four weeks in Barbados. <laughs>
1: Yes. I, yeah, It it's definitely, you know, and I'm sure like people looking at you, people looking at me when I first moved to Georgia, they're like, what on earth? You know, and my husband always says like, because I'm so loud, right? Like, <laughs> like people, she is like somebody be like, why are you mad? And I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm, I'm just loud. I'm just loud. Like I went to go visit my brother, and he's even louder than me. And we were in our in we were in his kitchen, and we were chatting. And when I came outside, my sister in law said, "What happened? What What are you guys fighting about?" And I was like, "We weren't fighting." <laughs> talented, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? And also, you know, again, getting older, you know, you embrace. It is what it is. Like, you know, you embrace, yes, I may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I don't care. Um, But I do have such a beautiful spectrum of friends and connections. And I really appreciate people that are much different than I am. And I can learn a lot from them.
0: Yeah. I think, like, be a student, a forever student, you know, we can learn from people that are older, younger, wiser, not so wise there's a lot to be learned from from everyone I love that you've got that network of people and different support support networks so what's next for you
1: yeah so I am just gonna you know I'm keeping growing um the consulting business like I said I'm being strategic about the growth I want to make sure that because I do love I love working at Peachtree VA I love my day job and Um, But I like to scratch that entrepreneurial itch, too, with working one-on-one with those clients and and different things like that. So I'm going to continue on putting myself out there with podcasts. Thank you for graciously having me on. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of uh, podcasts lately and just it's not really my comfort zone, but I'm just... You're a natural Thank you. You're so kind. But um, so that was one of my goals is to really and that's another thing I would like to say, like, just push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, People sometimes hear a podcast I'm on or see an interview and they're like, just like you said, you're a natural. And they don't realize like I was absolutely paralyzed from doing them for the longest time until I just did it. And I think we cap ourselves by putting our own limitations. And then you could say like, okay, like if I suck, so she won't air it, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If it was really that bad, then no, but this has been a really lovely conversation. So thank you.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I love you know. I love everything you had to say. And like I said, I listened quite quite a few of your podcasts, which were very inspiring. So you're you're amazing as well. Thank you. Thank you. And um, if you could leave people with some words of wisdom, like a one or two liner, what what would that be? Put <laughs> you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say you out, of your comfort zone. out of my comfort zone. Let me see what I can make up. Um, <laughs> I would say just never, never settle for anything. Life is too short. Keep charging on, define your own success. Success doesn't have to be money. Des- success doesn't have to be a title or position. Do what you love and just, you know, the sp- it'll make a space for you, right? If you do what you're passionate about, Everybody has their own unique talents, giftings, abilities. When those all intersect and you're able to do that, there's nothing better.
0: Oh, I love that. Amazing. I think that's a beautiful note to end on. And I could probably talk to you for hours. So. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, same. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: You've been amazing, Darlene. Thank you very much. Thank you very, for everybody for listening. Make sure you listen,
1: subscribe, download. And where can we find you, Darlene, other than in our show notes? Sure. So LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me, um, Darlene Perday, and also uh, PeachtreeVA.com. If you go on there and you can hop on, get a consultation with me, even if, you know, for a VA, or even if you want some delegation tips or you're an entrepreneur that needs some encouragement, I'm a good cheerleader. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I think actually that's
0: a really good point. We're, um, we're searching for a new VA at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> i may need
1: your help yes we would love to awesome well on that
0: note thank you very much make sure you connect with darlene listen subscribe download all of that jazz thank you for being a subscriber a listener thank you darling bye,
1: bye.